Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you today. We are struggling through. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Struggling through a little bit of uh, technical difficulties. Uh, the computer decided it didn't want to work right as the show was starting, but God is good nonetheless, and we proceed as uh, as planned. It's good to have you on this morning. We're going to a great show lined up for you this hour. We're going to uh, have a Monsignor Charles Pope on the program, and I know that that is a, a fan favorite. He hails from Washington, D.C., is is a great speaker and blogger and pastor there. And we're going to talk about his article that he posted in National Catholic Register at the end of the year called uh, Five Hard Truths for 2020. But I think we're going to look at that through the lens of 2021 as well. So he will be our conversation in this hour. Of course, we're going to have breaking stories and and news. We're going to have the Saint of the Day. We're going to have the Gospel of the Day uh, in this program as well. And the What's Concerning Us section is all all coming up in this hour. And of course, Emily Alcarez and Adriana here. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. Happy Friday, Joe. Praise God. We have made it to the end of the week. Yeah. A little bit of a rough week, but you know, yeah, it was the, good either way. Is there anything positive in the news at all? Can you think of one thing off the top of your head that was positive this week? Um, Oh, I know we had good headlines <laughs> earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little tricky, isn't it? It's a little tricky, yeah. but uh, you know, God's will be done in all things. There are positive stories. I know that's something you try to include at the end of every uh, news newscast. If I can, is some positive element because it can't always be pessimistic. There's got to be some sunshine yeah. somewhere, mm-hmm. and of course there is. God is very good, and that is positive by itself. And there's blue skies and sunshine in the air, but we still have to keep you up to date on the story. So we'll have that here in one moment. And of course, Adrian Fonseca, our producer on the ones and twos, is here trying to figure out uh, what happened, what went wrong with with the, <laughs> with the production computer this morning. But oh, let me also mention this before we pray today. Uh, Station of the Cross is uh, is obviously a part of our broadcast this hour, and we're very grateful to them and uh, the stations that are in Massachusetts and New York and Pennsylvania. We, we really appreciate you being part of the Catholic Drive Time show. But now, for the first time ever, we are also streaming live video to the Station of the Cross Facebook page. So if you are in the uh, Station of the Cross world, we would love to have you hanging out there. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash The Station of the Cross, and uh, we'll see you there. And it, But we usually post links to articles over at Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. It's just sort of a general place to go for everyone. But let's pray. So whatever your intentions are today, whatever your challenges are today, whatever you have to face and get accomplished, whatever you're you're working on. We're going to pray for your intentions. I'm also praying for my family. I'm praying for our radio apostolates, both here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, as well as the Station of the Cross, and all of our listeners and for their intentions. Our team here and our equipment and uh, and whatever it takes to accomplish our mission, I pray that the Lord will provide for each and every one of us, bring peace in our nation, and pray for the reversion of uh, President Joe Biden on his on the stance on, on abortion, marriage, and the other preeminent issues of our faith. So let us pray and ask Our Lady to whisper these intentions in the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever more so closely and intimately into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. 
inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. Dr. Fauci has promised that the Mexico City policy will be repealed soon. Dr. Fauci said in a meeting with the World Health Organization, quote, President Biden will be revoking the Mexico City policy in the coming days as part of his broader commitment to protect women's health and advance gender equality at home and around the world. The Mexico City policy, referred to by its detractors as the global gag rule, was first introduced in 1984. It has traditionally barred the U.S. family planning assistance from going to foreign NGOs that promote or perform abortions. At Thursday's meeting, Dr. Fauci also confirmed that the United States would not be leaving the World Health Organization. The American bishops are praising Joe Biden's first actions as president of the United States. On his first day, President Biden halted some deportations and preserved the DACA program. Archbishop Gomez, president of the USCCB, praised this move and called for a pathway to citizenship for DREAMers or those eligible for the DACA program. President Biden also revoked a travel ban from certain Muslim-majority and African countries. Cardinal Timothy Dolan said that reversing the travel ban would help refugees and victims of violence. The Catholic priest in Burkina Faso, who was reported missing on Tuesday, has been found dead in a forest, the local bishop announced yesterday. Bishop Lucas Kalfa Sanu said in a statement, quote, It is with deep sorrow that I bring to everyone's attention that the lifeless body of Father Rodriguez Sanon was found on January 21st in the protected forest of Tumoseni, about 20 kilometers from Vanfora. Over the last five years, Burkina Faso has been a hub for religious violence and Islamist <laughs> militias, especially in the Northeastern territories. The ex-president of the Vatican Bank was given a nine-year prison sentence for money laundering. The sentence was handed down at a hearing on Thursday by the president of the Vatican City State Tribunal, Giuseppe Pignatone. The conclusion of the trial, which began in 2018, marks the first time that the Vatican has issued a prison sentence for financial crimes. Angelo Caloia, who's aged 81, was president of the Institute for Religious Works, also known by its Italian initials, IOR, from 1989 to 2009. Coloya and his 97-year-old lawyer, Gabriele Liuzzo, received the prison sentence for the crimes of money laundering and aggravated embezzlement. They were also ordered to pay a fine of 12,500 euros. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Blessed Laura Vicuña, pray for us. She was born on the 5th of April, 1891 in Santiago, Chile. She was the daughter of Jose Domingo and Mercedes. Now, her father was a soldier, and uh, when Laura was born, three months afterwards, uh, the Civil War broke out in Chile. And uh, Laura's dad was a soldier, so he had to go off and fight. So mom took the little infant Laura and she crossed the, uh, the Andes and she went into Argentina for safety. Laura's father, unfortunately, was uh, killed in battle. And as a result, her mom took on, uh, she, she went down a dangerous road here. She became a mistress and a common-law wife of a man named Manuel Mora and effectively leaving the church. Now, 
Mora, this man, he paid for young Laura to attend a boarding school run by the Salesian Sisters, where she was very happy, as a matter of fact. And she would write in her, her little journal that she uh, was given over to, to this life, and she had a longing for it. She would write, Oh my God, I want to love you and serve you all my life. I give you my soul, my heart, my whole self. At the age of 10, she wanted to join the Salesians, but the bishop said she had to wait. She was, in fact, too young. Well, she had to come home uh, during the Christmas holidays one year, and unfortunately, Manuel Mora was not a good man. He was a man of, of complicated mor- morality, and he made advances, let's just say. He made inappropriate advances towards Laura, and she had to flee from him, in fact, leaving the house. She would confess to, uh, to her confessor that she would pray for the conversion of both Manuel Mora and her mom, but in particular her mom, that her mom might be saved from this, uh, what looks to be an abusive life. She would go on to receive First Holy Communion, and, uh, and to, uh, but she got sick. And I think she had to come home in 1903, very ill. She had to return to her mom for care. But this is when Manuel Mora really got abusive. He began to beat her and and abuse her mother. And so uh, it was, at one point, she was beaten unconscious. Now, she did revive, but eight days later, she would die of both disease and the abuse itself. And her mom would learn after the fact that young Laura had prayed and had uh, offered her own life in exchange for her moms, and her mom would leave Manuel Mora and return to the church. Young Laura died January 22nd, 1904, in Argentina. Blessed Laura of Acuna was uh, beatified by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Laura of Acuna, pray for us. And the gospel comes to us today from Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19, essentially picking up where we left off yesterday. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him, and he might send them forth to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he named Boanerges, that is, the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, whom betrayed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Uh, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, in all things. Uh, There's several points here. Number one, Jesus is praying all night on the mountain. Notice that's a trend for Jesus. Every time big decisions have to be made, every time something big has to happen, uh, Jesus is praying all night long. And I, I don't know about you guys, Emily and Adrian. I don't know about you, but in my life, anytime a big decision has had to be made, uh, especially as it pertains to my family, um, we have we've prayed, and more significantly than other times. Um, usually we will pray a novena, you know, so we'll stretch it out over nine days and I'll ask the Lord for what we call signaling graces to sort of, uh, affirm his will and his call, his, his desire for things. And we see this in Jesus praying all night long, uh, in communion with the father uh, before he, this monumental moment where he calls his 12. Now the 12 is very, 
uh, very symbolic in sacred scripture. Of course, we immediately think of the 12 tribes of Israel in the Old Testament, the sons of Jacob, right? Uh, But also, go to the book of Revelation, the 12 foundations of the new Israel that comes down from heaven, the bride of Christ, uh, the 12. How about this? How about this? How about the 12 priests that uh, Moses set up on 12 altars in the book of Exodus, chapter 24, when he took the blood from their sacrifices, and he mixed it together, and he sprinkled that blood on the altar of God, the main altar, and the people, and that they would share the blood, the people would, and God would now have the same blood. And this would be the moment Jesus references in his narrative in the upper room, as he's in bringing about these 12 new priests, and he's bringing about the, the Holy Eucharist as a sacrament. It's a powerful thing here to see Jesus call the 12. And of course, uh, I love the play on names, uh, Simon the Rock, right? So Peter is always listed as number one, and Judas is always listed as the last. The middle names, they can be mixed up depending on the gospel you read, but uh, Peter the Rock is first always and everywhere. Uh, what, do, what do you got there, Adrian? Uh, yeah, so there's a number of things that I thought were interesting, and uh, whenever we were reading the passage before the show, you had mentioned the Sons of Thunder, and I was like, wow, <laughs> I wonder what uh, what St. Thomas and Elopide had to say about the Sons of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder. And, um, and he mentions how the James and John, so the order of names, James is mentioned first because he's older, and then John, and they are the Sons of Thunder because they will uh, have the, be preaching the word like thunder and lightning coming forth from heaven uh, everywhere they go. In fact, Elopide points out that the fact that uh, James is the first apostle to be martyred is uh, a reference here uh, as the sons of thunder because he, as he's uh, with so much uh, love and fidelity preaching the word of God, uh, he is able to, uh, he is, has the gift of being the first martyr uh, executed by Herod and the Jews. Uh, so I think it's very interesting that they how they label him as Sons of Thunder. And Elopide has like 10 paragraphs about just the fact that they're called the Sons of Thunder, but I'll leave that at that. <laughs> Emily? Yeah, no, and and here we also see Jesus saying um, he was go- planning on sending them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And I just love that he picked very simple men. If you look at this list, um, they're from very diverse backgrounds, but it really shows that anyone um, can be a preacher and anyone can have the power of God if they... <laughs> Sorry, I'm running out of time. I can't think. <laughs> oh, praise be to Jesus Christ. Well, we'll continue on our conversation after this break with the What's Concerning Us section. So, so don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is coming back with more. Headed your way, plus Monsignor Charles Pope. We'll be right back. Often when confronted with the apostles' claim that Jesus rose from the dead, people ask if they made it up. And it's a reasonable question. So, did they? I don't think so, and here are a few reasons why. First, the early Christians had nothing to gain and everything to lose in lying about Jesus' resurrection, which makes their testimony credible. As Paul argues in 1 Corinthians 15, the only outcome for him lying is persecution and death. How does that serve as motivation for a lie? Second, the Gospel writers include women as the first witnesses. This is a big no-no if you're trying to fabricate a story in first century Judaism. According to the first century Jewish historian Josephus, the testimony of women wasn't considered reliable at the time. So, there's one thing we can be certain of. The apostles weren't lying about Jesus' resurrection. 
I'm Carlo Brusord with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order. And not only is it beautiful, it's order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. We're just, I'm chuckling because uh, right as the show is supposed to start, the computer crashes, throws everything off. All of us are sitting here going, uh, my brain stopped working all of a sudden. But God is very good, and we keep going. So this is the What's Concerning Us section. Uh, don't forget, coming up in, I don't know, 15 or so minutes from now, Monsignor Charles Pope will be joining the show. He put out an article called The Five Hard Truths of 2020, but I think we're going to be looking at that and into the 2021 now, and we're going to be talking about some of the, the big stories that are in our headlines right now. So that conversation will be coming up. So look, stick around for that. We're looking forward to it. And but a reminder, we're on a Station of the Cross uh, Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash The Station of the Cross. Yeah, praise And God. I'm uh, posting all the links that we're posting on, oh, the Cath- on the GRN Online Facebook page. I'm posting those links also at the, at the Station of the Cross Facebook page. Oh, wonderful. Praise God. Okay, so this is the What's Concerning Us section where we take a few of the headlines and we sort of banter about them, conversate about them. And here's the one that really stood out to me this morning. This is an article out of The Blaze. And it says, uh, the headline goes like this, National Guard soldiers booted out of Capitol forced to sleep in parking garage. Now, I serve in the Marine Corps, so I know what it means to, to, to... swear to protect the Constitution of the United States, to defend American citizens and our interests. I know what it means to hurry up and wait. I know what it means to sleep on the ground. Uh, I know what it means to to uh, forfeit some of your, your rights and your liberties in order to serve the country, and I know what it means to complain about it as well. Um, and yet, this whole time leading up from January 6th up to the inauguration, of course, there was this all this huge rush. We had to bring in all these troops and and we, we were talking about this earlier this week with Bree Dale. They were, bringing, they were wanting to bring in crew-served automatic weapons uh, because of what? What army was coming in to attack? None. Zero. Zilch. They had no, as far as I know, there were no uh, encounters on the day of the inauguration. Yet huge walls and Constantina wire. I mean, the, the, the video of, of uh, President Joe Biden driving down with the soldiers lined up on the side of the road. I had flashbacks of watching Xi Jinping review the military once a year. You know, it was like, this is crazy. Where are the, where are the 80 million uh, voters that voted for him into office? Instead, we see all these soldiers there. It was kind of crazy. So they brought in all these soldiers to protect our national interests and to make sure there was peace. And all right, so praise God for that. But why kick them out? Now you don't need them, right? That's, that's the message here. So this is what the article says. I'll read a little to you. It says, several outlets confirmed Thursday night that the thousands of National Guard troops sent to provide security for the inauguration of President Joe Biden, were kicked out of the Capitol and other federal buildings that fought the following day with several hundred or more sent to the cramped quarters of a single parking garage. Politico reported that thousands of soldiers were forced to vacate congressional grounds 
uh, they kicked out. Uh, they were kicked out of the buildings they had guarded for weeks, with some banished and packed into the Thurgood Marshall Judicial Center garage. It says, quote, yesterday's dozens of senators and congressmen walked down our lines. This is the soldier speaking here. Yesterday, dozens of senators and congressmen walked down our lines taking photos, shaking our hands, and thanking us for our service. One guardsman told the outlet, within 24 hours, they had no further use for us and banished us to the corner of a parking garage. We feel incredibly betrayed, unquote. It, it appears that these somewhere between 500 and 1,000 soldiers were sleeping in the garage and didn't even have access to a proper bathroom. There was apparently one portable uh, toilet for all of these soldiers. I, now, I, listen, I've got a bunch of kids. I mean, I've got six kids and two grandkids. Um, crazy is a permanent state in my house. So I understand what it means to have uh, a lot of people and too few bathrooms to go around. I get that. But 1,000 or at least 1,000 or maybe uh, up to 1,000 people having to share one portable toilet, that's going to upset a lot of soldiers. Trust me, I know. I've been there. I've done that as a U.S. Marine. I remember what complaining is like. And uh, these guys aren't, aren't happy at all. Here's my take. If we ask these people to come from all 50 states to guard and to serve our country and our national interests, to protect and to make sure that we have peace in our nation's capital, uh, to, uh, to be there for the inauguration, fine. We didn't see an army come to attack, so it seems like it was way overblown, more of a show of a power than it was of anything. However, if we're asking them to serve, then why kick them out? Why move them away? Why make them uh, sleep in a parking garage? It seems, again, like the vetting that we saw earlier this week before the inauguration, it seems very insulting to those that would serve our country. Uh, Emily, Adrian, any input here? Yeah, just the conditions that they had to go through. And then the fact that it was all kind of um, for no reason for show was very disappointing. I know, I think our, our statistics show that most of the troops are Trump voters. Um, and so... Or were Trump voters, so I'm sure they weren't happy with that either. But So they're punishing these soldiers because of the way they voted? Maybe. That could be it. Well, I don't know that there's a report of that, but this, I know that there was speculation. Uh, we saw the gentleman out of Tennessee who, uh, who raised a lot of suspicion against the Guard uh, before the inauguration, wondering whether or not they would be, in fact, the ones that we'd, we'd have to defend against. Clearly, that was not the case. These men, these women, uh, they raised the right hand. They swore to uphold the Constitution of the United States and to defend America, and they proved true to their word uh, this week, and yet we've made them sleep in a parking garage. That's very sad. Uh, another story that I found uh, troubling as a Catholic, this is out of LifeSite News. Again, we're, we're going to post links to these stories so that you can read them in greater detail for yourself. I'm only briefly looking at them and, 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 and reading some of it. Uh, I would encourage you to read more and get the fuller picture and the details. But here's a, a LifeSite News story this morning. Fauci assures World Health Organization that uh, the Biden regime is committed to funding abortions. Um, now, of course, we remember we left the World Health Organization. You know, I interviewed, uh, I interviewed, um, oh, what is her name? Um, the lady who runs that pro-life organization for Africa. 
um, all of a sudden, I'll have to get a link to it, and we'll post a link if I can get the link. And maybe I'm going to butcher her name. Is it Ikiocho? E- oh, yeah. Oh. Ikiocho. Ikiocho. Yes. Thank you. Ikiocho. We interviewed her uh, last year, maybe beginning of 2020, late 2019, and she was telling us of how the World Health Organization was involved in a vaccine program in Africa that was sterilizing women. That it was intentionally uh, targeting uh, women who were in that, uh, uh, in sort of that prime uh, stage where they could have children, and it was sterilizing. It was leading to their sterilization, and it was uh, it was a terrible thing. And World Health Organization was at the forefront of that effort. Uh, it was uh, it was tragic. So when the United States left the World Health Organization. I mean, we, they're, they're knee-deep in communist China, so we thought this was a good thing. Well, that's been reversed now. Uh, in fact, that's one of the executive orders that uh, President Joe Biden has signed is we're going to be rejoining. And now Fauci in a video is actually saying, we're not only going to come back, we're going to make sure we pay all of our past dues, and we're going to work hand-in-hand with the World Health Organization to ensure all of these uh, medical agendas for, all, for, the whole, uh, for the UN and for the world are all, all going to be... Um, Perpetuated. That was Fauci. That was in a nutshell Fauci's uh, video. But to really emphasize, he's saying in this uh, article, they're highlighting in this uh, article over at LifeSite News, this is by Michael Haynes, by the way, this article, that it's the abortion agenda that we're really going, that President Joe Biden's really going to get after. This is terrible news as a Catholic. Um, you know, uh, I get that President Joe Biden goes to Mass, and I get that he's a lifelong Catholic, and I give praise to God for that. But what does it mean to go to Mass? What does it mean to be a Catholic if it doesn't mean that we we can't just um, hang out with Jesus? We also have to obey Jesus, right? And Jesus says in John chapter 14, if you love me, you will obey me. And when Jesus asks us to obey him, he means all of he's asked, not some, but all. So it's good to want to help people. It's not good to uh, to perpetuate a grave moral evil in the process or in the name of helping people. And this is a big problem that a lot of Catholics have with now our president and many of his cabinet members. So let us pray for his reversion, his conversion of heart, especially on the non-negotiable issues, which... Uh, Archbishop Jose Gomez Gomez spoke of in his letter, which we covered on yesterday's program. Um, One other quick story here. Um, YouTube is deleting uh, dislikes on all the White House videos. Apparently, there is a massive disproportionate number of dislikes than likes on there, especially the inauguration video. I mean, uh, I found that uh, very interesting that YouTube is trying to make it look a little nicer for for the incoming uh, administration. What do you say there, Emily? The ratio was crazy, the ratio of dislikes to likes. And so now YouTube is saying that they were spam, uh, and so they're removing them. But I don't see how they could have that many. I don't know. Uh, real quick, uh, Joe, I wanted to – so Patty commented on Facebook, is this why Governor Abbott wants to bring to Texas National Guard back to Texas? I didn't even know that Governor Abbott had said that. Do you know anything about that? Well, I know Governor Abbott did comment when they started talking about vetting the troops. And by vetting, they mean they were going through all of their social media posts. They wanted to know how they thought politically. And, and in fact, there were 12 soldiers that were sent home as a result to their social media posts. And, and Emily, you mentioned that there was video of soldiers turning their back on President oh, Joe Biden. I just looked it up. The AP News is reporting that that was false and they were actually ordered to okay. stand that way for safety reasons. Oh, they were looking in the opposite direction yes. just to uh, see what was going on. Okay, because yes. I hadn't seen that. I, did, I wasn't aware of that. When you said that, that caught me off guard because I would I would 
I believe they'd get in a lot of trouble if they tried that. But mm-hmm. um, so that's not true, praise God. Uh, but at the same time, I know Greg, Governor Greg Abbott was not happy when they started talking about vetting our soldiers. I mean, they swore an oath to defend the Constitution. That's not good enough for you. Uh, they're not allowed to have a vote other than the one you you prefer. That's insulting to Americans. And uh, Governor Greg Abbott did voice that concern. So they will be coming home. I mean, they're not going to stay there indefinitely. Let's pray they don't stay there indefinitely. And I do believe they've already started the process of taking down the walls that they built, the uh, Constantina wire that they put up and whatnot. So I'm sure they're going to begin the process of of uh, sending these troops back to their states. So it doesn't surprise me if Governor, Governor Greg Abbott uh, desires that. Um, all right, so there was a you know several other stories. Did you guys have anything before we go to break, real quick? Um, Joe Biden redefining biological sex. Oh yeah, uh, that's not good. Not good. Um, so he's changing um, this policy. He signed an executive order to interpret sex discrimination in federal law to include sex- sexual orientation and gender identity. So now we see basic Christian beliefs, uh, male and female. He created them are becoming illegal. Um, so it's not sure he, there were no religious exemptions in this executive order. So I'm a little concerned about how this is going to affect, um, Christian schools and, or, or other organizations. Um, also the fact that there's no base, there's no scientific basis for this executive order. I would, you know, I would hope that they would have at least that, but there's no scientific basis for redefining biological sex. Yeah. Very, uh, difficult and troubling times. I recall, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps as a young man, being told that uh, President Bill Clinton won the election. And then I remember the don't ask, don't tell policy was put into place. We've come a long way since those days, and we have a long way to go. Let us pray. Pray for the conversion and reversion of hearts, minds, and souls of those that would be in the ruling class. We'll be right back with breaking news and stories. Plus, Monsignor Charles Pope joins the show. The Five Heart Truths of 2020. And 2021, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, religion can never depend on minute disputes about doctrine? G.K. Chesterton says that's like saying that life can never depend on minute disputes about medicine. Will the man who says we don't want theologians splitting hairs also say... We don't want surgeons splitting filaments more delicate than hairs. Many a man would be dead today if his doctors had not debated fine shades about doctoring. It's also a fact that Western civilization would be dead today if its doctors of divinity had not debated fine shades about doctrine. We depend on doctors of medicine. We can also depend on the doctors of the church. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, Search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. 
Today is Friday, January 22nd, and these are your headlines. One of the Trump administration's final acts was to support religious businesses. The U.S. Small Business Administration published a proposal on January 19th that would remove five restrictions that make certain faith-based organizations ineligible to participate in certain SBA business loan and disaster assistance programs because of their religious status. The proposal is likely to spark a heated debate about religious freedom under the Biden administration. The SBA is collecting public comment on the proposal until February 18th, when the determination of the proposal's future falls to Biden-appointed administrator Isabel Guzman. In a far-reaching executive order, President Joe Biden is attempting to redefine biological sex. In one of his first acts in office, President Joe Biden has signed an executive order to interpret sex discrimination in federal law to include sexual orientation and gender identity. The move could impact high school sports, the privacy of single-sex bathrooms, faith-based organizations that are government grantees or contractors, and whether employees may face retaliation for voicing discriminatory religious beliefs. That executive order immediately drew criticism for its lack of religious exemptions. At least 32 people are dead after a suicide bombing in Iraq. Two suicide bombers detonated explosive vests in a market near Tehran Square in central Baghdad on the morning of January 21st. An estimated 100 other people were wounded. The bombing took place a day after the Vatican released a statement indicating that the papal trip to Iraq would take place subject to variations on March 5th through the 8th. If the trip takes place as planned, Pope Francis will be the first pope to visit Iraq, which is still recovering from the devastation inflicted by the Islamic State. Until recently, the country was deemed a security risk. 17 Catholic bishops met this week at the headquarters of the Chaldean Patriarchate in Baghdad to discuss plans for the highly anticipated papal visit. One of the victims of the Madrid parish explosion was a recently ordained priest. Father Ruben Perez Ayala was ordained to the priesthood last June. His first assignment was at the Virgen de la Paloma parish near Puerta de Toledo in the center of Madrid, where he was serving when an explosion destroyed much of the parish rectory and office on January 20th. The young priest was taken to the hospital and underwent an operation for his injuries. His biological brother, Pablo, also a diocesan priest, administered the anointing of the sick. Cardinal Carlos Osoro Sierra, the Archbishop of Madrid, announced the following morning that Father Perez Ayala had died from his wounds overnight. He was 36 years old. At least four people have now died from this explosion in Madrid. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date on the headline news. Uh, joining us right now by Zoom chat is Monsignor Charles Pope. He is uh, a dean and a pastor in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., and a f- frequent contributor to the National Catholic Register. It's great to have you on, Monsignor. Good morning to you. Yeah, it's good to hear. Uh, good to see you and hear you both. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, so we, we were seeing this uh, article come out at the end of the 2020, five hard truths we've come to see with 2020 vision, but you've since come out with five more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, tell me that's the extent of all the hard truths, right? There's no, there's 10, that's it, there's no more than 10. But we thought that it would be a, a good conversation to 
to start with this these two articles that you've put out. But I also want to get mm-hmm. your input on this week uh, in Washington D.C., your very backyard, and what your yeah. how you saw the optics of what was going on there. Um, maybe we can start with the hard truths first. Tell us about your article, the five hard truths of 2020. Yeah, well, I did I did it in two parts um, because I wanted to um, look at kind of the worldly picture and then inside the church. And so my second article focuses more on, if you will, in, in you know, inside the church. Um, so that's that's how I divided it. So, yeah, 10 hard truths. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think um, that's the um, that's why I, I did it in two parts. Well, let's go over the truths here. Uh, number mm-hmm. one, in the first article, it was fear uh, can be coercive. Yeah. Uh, number two was the other things and other people matter as well. Uh, number three yeah. was the ability to dissent is rapidly disappearing. And number four was those who question are demonized. Number five was respect for authority is plummeting. Tell us why you picked those five in the first article. Well, my biggest concern as a, as a Catholic and a, a Christian um, and a priest and disciple of Jesus is how fear has so utterly captured us. I mean, I can't, you know, look, let's, I, I, first of all, let me uh, just for just, you know, to be clear, I, I had COVID. I had it bad. I was 11 days in the ICU. Wow. I mean, I was in respiratory failure. I almost died. Mm. Um, I know COVID can be bad for some people like me. I have pulmonary issues. I have, but honestly, this thing kills less than 1% of its victims. And we are all running around in like a panic as if this was, you know, you, COVID was a death sentence. And it, it just, it, it isn't. Uh, for 99, 99% of the people, of course, uh, across all the age groups. Now, you start to get into your 70s and 80s. It's going to be more serious for you. Yes, I get that. But at the end of the day, I would never ask everybody to simply surrender their life, close their businesses, for uh, just so that I don't get sick, I have responsibility for my health, and I, I have to talk to my doctors. So I think at the end of the day, um, my um, my concern is that uh, fear has so utterly gripped us. And part of it is that we don't have any in our culture. Uh, not, you know, we don't have any death and suffering have no meaning. They're meaningless. There's something to be avoided at all costs. And paradoxically. If 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 uh, somebody, you know, does suffer a lot, then they, they should be able to have physician-assisted suicide. I mean, this is just there's no meaning, and yet that is completely contradictory to the gospel. Mm. Yeah, and in actually, you quoted in that first point Hebrews chapter two verse fourteen, um, yeah. which says that the fear of death is slavery. So, in your opinion, Monsignor Pope, what's the proper way to view death mm-hmm. for a Catholic? Yeah, well. If, if you're faithful, now that's an important <laughs> criteria, Emily. If, if you're faithful, the day you die is the greatest day of your life. I mean, you get to Amen. leave this mm-hmm. lunatic asylum that we're living in right now and go home and be with God who calls you, wrote his name on your heart. And yeah, you probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm just going to say, I'll, I'll be going through purgatory. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but at the end of the day, even that's healing, it's cleansing, and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to be with God forever. I, as I lay on my bed there in the hospital, I, I thought I very well could die from this. And uh, I said, Lord, 
part of me wants to come home and be with you, but I know part of me, gosh, Lord, part of me wants to just come home and be with you, but I know I have to, I have other things to do. You, you decide Lord, but mm. yeah. So anyway, he decided to keep me for this world for a little longer because I ain't, apparently I'm not ready yet. Mm. <laughs> Monsignor, do you think that the reason so many people are afraid of death is because they're not prepared for it? Yeah, I, I think so. But also, um, I, I, you know, I think one of the greatest heresies today that almost 90% of Catholics hold, even those who go to church regularly, is that there's no such thing as really as judgment um, or or hell in, in, in our future. Even though Jesus spoke of it constantly and warned us. Um, so there, it's kind of, the, there's a denial of the doctrine of, of uh judgment and hell. And I, mm. I think that you're right. We don't have a sober fear. When I say sober, I mean, not, not cringing fear, but look, I, this is something to get ready for. I need, I need to live a life that's worthy so that when I go to God, I can say, look, um, by your grace alone, you know, I've, 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 I've lived, this, I've lived this way and I'm, I'm, I'm asking, I, I want what you're offering. You know? mm. We're talking with Monsignor Charles Pope. He is a pastor in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. About his, uh, He has two articles on National Catholic Register uh, called The Five Hard Truths is the first one and, the, and Five More Hard Truths in the second one. Thanks for that follow-up there, Monsignor. Very nice, very kind of you to give us even more to, to ponder and emphasize. But it's an important conversation we're having. Um, we're going to link to these articles on our video feeds on the Facebook side. Again, uh, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time is uh, sort of the central place we talk about, but uh, the Station of the Cross is also now streaming us live uh, today, so th- we're grateful for that. But Monsignor, um, the the com- the conversation around the dissenting voices and being sort of uh, censored and and ostracized is really taken a big turn on the wrong direction oh. in the last several weeks. What say you on that topic? We have one minute before we go to break. By the way, oh okay. Um, I, I have never been so concerned for our country as I am right now, and because free speech is such a pillar pillar of the American experience. And now it's not just the government, it's these oligarchs who run Twitter and, uh, you know, Facebook and YouTube or wherever, you know, I mean, you, you can be out in a second if you say something they don't like. And, they, you know, they're private companies, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're proposing to offer platforms where people can speak, but they're not, they're lying. And um, so you will say what we want you to say, or you will be silenced. And this is dangerous. So, and I, I have often, you know, been um, spoken about, you know, these, these kinds hold that of things. Thought. So I know we got just a little less than... Monsignor, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought right there. We'll carry that conversation forward on the other side of this break. We're talking with Monsignor Charles Pope about his articles. But on the other side of the break, I also want to get him to comment about how he saw what has taken place over the last couple of weeks in Washington, D.C., his very backyard, the very city where he... Is gone to preach sent by Christ himself. So we'll have that conversation next. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Creating good habits is an important part of family life, especially at the beginning of a school year. St. Francis said, let us begin again, for until now we have done nothing. This is a great inspiration for us because we're probably the most consistently inconsistent parents out there and we're always beginning again. It's hard to create habits in ourselves, let alone in a group of children. To start a new family habit, you need to first sit down and create a plan with your spouse. 
Remember, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is truly important. Then you need to implement the plan together. Think about the pushback you're going to get from your kids and be ready to deal with it. Talk to the older kids ahead of time and try to get their buy-in. Connect any new habits with a bigger vision for your family life. And keep them motivated. Connect your habits with good things that kids like to do. Show them the positive consequences of their actions. For more information and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this morning. We're having a conversation with Monsignor Charles Pope, a pastor and dean in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., I cut you off right as you were going to break there. We're talking about censorship, Monsignor. I also want to get you to give me your take on the uh, on the events that's transpired over the last couple of weeks uh, at our nation's yeah. capital. Uh, you being a, 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 a D.C. native, I guess, uh, maybe yeah. you can tell us how what you saw, how you thought of it all. Um, I'd love to have your input there. But go, if you want to start up where you left off, that's fine, too. Well, again, you know, just I think the suppression of any dissenting voices is, 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 is everybody, everybody should be alarmed by this. I, le- right, left, you know, it, this is not good. So that, that would be the final point of that. As far as living here inside the hot zone, um, I'm 14 up, I'm 14 blocks up from the Capitol. And um, I, I mean, I couldn't believe th- is this is this my city or is this Mogadishu or is this Belfast right. or, or Beijing? Wire <laughs> walls and twenty five thousand National Guard troops. Mm. Really? Now I know that we had a terrible thing happen at the Capitol and it was wrong and it shouldn't happen, but somewhere we've lost. I think it, it almost looked more like political theater. Yes. Than, mm. uh, than, than, than really an honest response mm-hmm. to the threat. Um, why don't you just hold the thing indoor if you're that scared, you know? But, right. um, I mean, who could even go? Nobody could even go to the inauguration. By the way, I, 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 I want to say I'm praying for Joe Biden. He's our president, and I have every obligation to pray for him. And I have differences, obviously, with some of his policies. But, um, you know, somewhere along the line, we, it, this, this, was a, this was just... You know, uh, just well, it's not the city I grew up in. It's not. It's not. This is not the country I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a a man who served in the Marine Corps, I found it very offensive uh, that they and insulting that they would vet all these troops, you know, and mm-hmm. question their loyalty, yeah. b- especially because of the color of their skin. That was a big issue. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, and uh, now that they're done, they don't. <laughs> they're not needed. They can be kicked out of the hotel beds and be put into a parking garage to sleep. At least a portion yeah. of them, anyway. Um, it's very insulting to uh, to use them as theater uh, yeah. in this way. It's uh, a, sh- a show of force. I mean, that's why else would you want National Guard troops from every fifty state? Every state in the union had to send their troops uh, as mm-hmm. a part of a showing that this is a uh, transfer of power. 
and authority. It, it really was. It really did feel like theater. I wonder, um, and I would love to interview some of the, the, the troops there to get their take, but I'm sure um, I, I did ask a friend who is active duty right now, and he basically said, we're not allowed to comment anything at all ever on political yeah. conversation anymore because they're all watching. Yeah. Well, last night as I drove into the city again from, I, I, I waved at a lot of them because they're all bivouacked, a lot of them right here in my, right just a few blocks away oh, wow. at the armory. And I waved at them and I thanked them and, um, yeah, you're my heroes. Yeah, uh, Father, the uh, or Monsignor rather, uh, the one of our a friend of mine, her grandfather is being uh, is in the COVID ward or is in uh, the hospital, and because of COVID, they're still uh, to this day, January 2021, uh, they're still not allowing him to receive the last yeah. rites in confession. And she was asking, please pray for him because. He's uh he hasn't been to confession in fifty years, and they mm. won't allow a priest to come see him. And yeah. uh, I, what do we what do we how do we respond to this? What do we do? You know, I, I was in the uh, ICU for eleven days, and likewise the same problem. And this was I, I won't you know be too specific, but I'll just say I was at a Catholic hospital, and they wouldn't let the chaplain come in and see me. Now nurses and doctors came in; they donned all these you know visors and mask and you know all the protective gear but if a doctor or a nurse can come in um is not the care of the soul even more important we have lost our way and that's part of one of the points i made in my articles that um somewhere along the line we've lost our way we we think that all that matters is the body heck with sacraments they're just dumb rituals i mean i don't i don't mean that we're literally saying that but that's the message mm. I think that people are getting. And, um, you know, it, it was a shot. And by the way, the, the priest at this hospital was a good man. He called me almost every day, but he couldn't come in <laughs> and give me what I really needed, which was Jesus. Wow. <laughs> That's horrible. He said, only if you're in articulo mortis, literally at the point of dying, can I come in there? And I'm like, wow. okay, well. I was there two days ago, but you know, again, that, that was down in the emergency room. I get that. He's good, but but he's a good man. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not it's not the priest. It was a policy, and this is we've lost our way. Yeah. That that was one of the things in 2020 that I was most uh, disgruntled about. That really upset me. I remember it was it was Good Friday, and knowing that the highest feast day in, on our calendar, Easter Sunday, was canceled. Yeah. We weren't allowed to go to Holy Mass yeah. on Easter Sunday. I was so hurt by that uh, and so yeah. so bitter. Yeah. I was so bitter at the hierarchy of the church for that. Uh, I remember trying to—my wife was like, we got to stream the Mass for the kids. And I'm streaming this Mass at the house in our home chapel, and I'm just like—I'm I'm, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I was so disconnected from Holy Mass— yeah. Uh, that I wanted to throw throw my TV out the door, and I just I, and I say that in, in just to be honest and sincere about how I felt about that. But one of the takeaways from that was where is the supernatural faith uh, among our our hierarchy in these difficult and troubling times? Um, where is the supernatural faith to say the sacraments have greater weight, power, and authority than anything of the material world, and yet? We are holding them back. The most incredible medicine we can offer the planet, we are restraining and preventing. It just seems terrible to it's me. It's a crime, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Emily, what you're saying, it feels almost like a crime. I, I can't begin to tell you how much I wept on um, 
the second Sunday of Lent when mass public masses were shut down in mm. the diocese. And now, by the way, our bishop, Cardinal Gregory, was actually very generous. Uh, we didn't he didn't require us to lock the churches. I did everything I could to keep the sacraments available to people. I heard confessions. We had a Eucharistic adoration, and just between just between you and me and whoever, ten, ten, you know, ten million other people who are listening. Um, <laughs> Very um, generous of you, Monsignor. Is, is that I, I continue to give. People say, "I need I need Holy Communion, Father." I give it to them. Mm. You know, outside of Mass, we have to be more creative. That's one of the points mm-hmm. I make in those articles. In, if this ever happens again, where we can't have big public gatherings, and I understand from a public health perspective. You know the concerns you know when you have a pandemic but at the end of the day if we really really need to ever do this again i hope never again but um i just hope that we'll be more creative we don't just shut things down we'll say well look father you get sacraments to people outside of mass have them come in and rotations but whatever we can do to make sure that people can get the sacraments that are so precious and necessary for us yeah and i guess i said this before on the radio but uh, I think it's worth repeating. It's It was the great uh, philosopher, drill instructor Sergeant Mercado, who said, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. And uh, I felt like there was no will for the longest time last year to uh, provide for, to find a way to adapt, to overcome, to improvise, and to, uh, you know, accomplish our mission. It just felt like there was no will. And I likened, uh, I had this conversation with Bishop Strickland on the radio, and I was saying to him, you know, imagine, Bishop, if I said to my children, I'm sorry, uh, you know, uh, because of the situation, you're now no longer able to enter my bedroom. I'm going to shut the door. You're not allowed to come in and visit with your mom and I. You know, we'll, here's a letter. I'll pass it through the door. You can read the letter. And I'll have a live video stream. You can you can hang out with us, about, you know, by live video. Imagine if I would have said those things, the, the shock, the awe, the confusion of my children. Well, that's how we're feeling. And, and mm-hmm. I hope and pray that that doesn't uh, happen again. But with only, uh, I guess, four minutes left in our conversation, before we run out of time, I want to look forward, 2021, we now have the second Catholic president in our nation's history, and yet he is a man who who definitely does embrace what we call uh, grave uh, immoralities, uh, intrinsic evils, abortion, he doesn't support mm-hmm. uh, traditional marriage, euthanasia, in vitro fertilization, contraception, all of these things. Uh, how do you, how, what do we do here? How do you feel about this? How do you see it? Uh, three minutes, three and a half minutes on the clock. I recently gave a retreat to 25 bishops in the Midwest, and uh, they were all concerned, too. There are, There is a commission on the USCCB that is trying to set up a, a process where the bishops can agree and work with the administration um, and make decisions about, you know, um, how to approach them collectively. And I think that's that's one thing, but a number of bishops, uh, even including my own, I mean, he's publicly come out and said, look, we're not gonna politicize Holy Communion. Well, um, the um, at the end of the day, I think um, we, I, I think we, the bishops have to give a comprehensive teaching on the, the worthiness to receive Holy Communion. Because honestly, there, there's a lot of people on a Sunday morning who shouldn't come forward for communion. It's not just them. We, we don't want to appear to be singling them out um, because people will just take that as politics and they're going to misinterpret us. I, I just don't want someone to come forward and receive Holy Communion unworthily because that can bring their condemnation. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. And I really care about Joe Biden. I don't want him to go to hell. Amen. 
Praise God. And I noticed that you looked at me strange when you said uh, some people shouldn't come to communion. I wonder <laughs> I wonder what you meant by oh, that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only teasing. I'm only teasing. But uh, we have about a minute and a half left. Uh, maybe you can leave us with, uh, you know, what, how do we go from here? How and should your priestly our, blessing. Our pr- oh, how please. should our prayer life uh, take us from here, Monsignor Charles Pope? Pray, pray, pray. I, I, all I can say is, you know, I go before the Lord and I, I feel just, just desolate at times with the situation we're in today. And I say, you know, and I said, well, Char- he always calls me Carlito, little Charlie. Um, Char- Carlito, this is not your pay grade. I want you to preach the gospel in season, out of season. Take care of the flock I entrusted you. If you have families, raise your children right. If you, if you, if you have any influence over anything, whatever area of your life I've given you, you do that. Now listen, this, the rest of this is in my hands. Amen. All right. Well, God bless you, Monsignor Charles Pope. We're very grateful for you being on our program today and sharing your insights and your uh, and your inspirations. Uh, God love you. God bless you, and have a great day. Good. Bless you. Almighty God bless you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for Hour 1 of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. If you can join us in the second hour, we'll stay live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube. We'd love to have you. We've got the game show, more breaking news and stories, and a lot more Catholic Drive Time still to come. Until then, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I had a theology professor who told me that Adam and Eve were just myths and that the rest of Genesis was all just legend. Is that what the church teaches? Absolutely not. The church has always taught that Adam and Eve were real people and were the first human beings from whom all other human beings are descended. In 1950, Pope Pius XII in the encyclical Humani Generis states, The faithful cannot embrace the opinion that after Adam there existed on this earth true men who did not take their origin through natural generation from Adam or that Adam represents a certain number of first parents. In other words, the church teaches that all humanity descended from Adam and Eve. They were real people. Paragraph 38. This encyclical, in fact, clearly points out the first 11 chapters of Genesis do nevertheless pertain to history in a true sense. Again, Adam and Eve are not myths, and the rest of Genesis is not legend. Genesis is history in a true sense. Paragraph 39. Therefore, whatever of the popular narrations have been inserted into the sacred scriptures must in no way be considered on a par with myths or other such things. Can it be stated any clearer than that? The Catechism says, paragraph 375, The Church teaches that our first parents, Adam and Eve, no mention of a myth here, paragraph 404, by yielding to the tempter, Adam and Eve committed a personal sin. Someone please tell me how do myths commit personal sins. Adam and Eve's are not myths. Genesis does not contain myth or legend. That is church teaching. Challenge anyone who teaches differently to produce their sources from a magisterial document. They can't do it. They can, however, produce countless books and articles by theologians. Not good enough. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
But Mr. Miyagi, I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called internet. <laughs> Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in the March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Just wrapped up a great conversation with Monsignor Charles Pope. Uh, Adrian is going to be taking those individual conversations, and he's posting them uh, around the interwebs, right? So we've been putting them on YouTube, for instance, and Facebook. But one of the places we're really trying to push and build an audience is on Rumble, if you want to go over to rumble.com and search for Catholic Drive Time, you can find we have already a bunch of back catalog conversations there you can begin to watch. But make sure you like, subscribe, share. I think on Rumble, though, they call it rumbling instead of liking. you got to rumble it. I don't, I, don't ask me. I don't know. But because of uh, big tech censorship these days, we feel like it's an important thing to make sure that we're posting content on these other platforms. But, of course, you can still see us and hang out with us over at Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. And now we've added the Station of the Cross as well on Facebook, so we're very glad that they're on board. But great uh, show last hour. This hour, we've got breaking news and stories, Gospel of the Day, Saint of the Day. We have our Catholic Trivia Game Show coming up and today we pull a winner, so we're very excited about that. Plus, the Holy Mass will begin airing at 7.30, and the after show will take off from there. Uh, but uh, we have the team here this morning. Good morning to you, Emily Alcarez. Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Praise God we have made it this far. <laughs> yes, we did. Who knows what will happen beyond now. It was a rough week in terms of news yeah. and just life, but you know what? True story. Praise God. God is still good. Yeah, amen to that. And of course, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you, Adrian. Uh, good morning. I, you know, I'm really happy today because uh, we're on Facebook.com for slash the Station of the Cross, and uh, so we're broadcasting there. And also on YouTube, we have two comments today, <gasps> uh, so we're actually getting some traction on our social wow. media feed. So it's wow. really good. It's really awesome. So, so stick tuned for the after show, yeah. in which time at which time we're going to uh, field questions from the uh, comment section on Facebook and YouTube. And Twitter, if there's any. I don't even know. So if you want to comment about anything we've discussed on the program today or have a question or just some feedback, you can leave those comments on Facebook, on Twitter, or on YouTube. Search for Catholic Drive Time or GRN Online or the Station of the Cross, and we'll try to include those in our after show when we go off the radio, staying on the live video streams and taking your your conversations there. So let's begin with prayer and jump right into it. I'm praying for your intentions today, dear listener, whatever is on your heart. I will include that, plus my own intentions for family, for our radio apostolate, and for our team here this morning. Let's ask Our Lady to intercede for us by whispering these intentions into the ear of her Son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known 
that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Emily Alcarez. Dr. Fauci has promised that the Mexico City policy will be repealed soon. Dr. Fauci said in a meeting with the World Health Organization, quote, President Biden will be revoking the Mexico City policy in the coming days as part of his broader commitment to protect women's health and advance gender equality at home and around the world. The Mexico City policy, referred to by its detractors as the global gag rule, was first introduced in 1984. It has traditionally barred U.S. family planning assistance from going to foreign NGOs that promote or perform abortions. At Thursday's meeting, Dr. Fauci also confirmed that the United States would not be leaving the World Health Organization. The American bishops are praising Joe Biden's first actions as president of the United States. On his first day, President Biden halted some deportations and preserved the DACA program. Archbishop Gomez, president of the USCCB, praised this move and called for a pathway to citizenship for DREAMers or those eligible for the DACA program. Biden also revoked a travel ban from certain Muslim-majority and African countries. Cardinal Timothy Dolan said that reversing this travel ban would help refugees and victims of violence. The Catholic priest in Burkina Faso who went missing on Tuesday has been found dead in a forest, the local bishop announced yesterday. Bishop Lucas Kalfa Sanau said in a statement, quote, It is with deep sorrow that I bring to everyone's attention that the lifeless body of Father Rodriguez Sanan was found on January 21st in the protected forest of Talmosani, about 20 kilometers from Banfara. Over the last five years, Burkina Faso has been a hub for religious violence and Islamist militias, especially in the Northeastern Territories. The ex-president of the Vatican Bank was given a nine-year prison sentence for money laundering. The sentence was handed down at a hearing on Thursday by the president of the Vatican City State Tribunal, Giuseppe Pignatone. The conclusion of the trial, which began back in 2018, marks the first time that the Vatican has issued a prison sentence for financial crimes. The 81-year-old Angelo Caloia was president of the Institute for Religious Works, also known by its Italian initials IOR, from 1989 to 2009. Caloia and his 97-year-old lawyer, Gabriele Liuzzo, received the prison sentence for the crimes of money laundering and aggravated embezzlement. They were also ordered to pay a fine of 12,500 euros. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Friday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Blessed Laura the Cunha, pray for us. She was born on the 5th of April, 1891, in Santiago, Chile. She was the daughter of Jose Domingo and Mercedes. Now, her father was a soldier, and uh, not long after her birth, the Civil War in Chile broke out, and her mom, Mercedes, took young Laura and crossed the Andes Mountains into Argentina to seek refuge and safety while her father had to continue to fight. Unfortunately, he lost his life in a battle. Uh, her mom, Mercedes, then became a mistress of a, and a common-law wife of a man named Manuel Mora and effectively left the faith. Um, now, young Laura was able to go, thanks to Manuel Mora, to a boarding school run by the Salesian Sisters, 
where she was very happy and she loved this life, this religious life. She felt very drawn to it. She received communion June 2nd, 1901. And she would write in her journal, Oh my God, I want to love you and serve you all my life. I give you my soul, my heart, myself. Now, she wanted to join the Salesian Sisters at age 10, but the bishop said she was too young and she had to wait. She did come home for the Christmas holidays, but when she did, she found that her her mother's uh, new common-law husband, Manuel Mora, was not a very good man. In fact, he would continue to make these advances towards her, towards her these amorous advances, and it was, it was not good. In fact, she had to leave the house. She fleed, and she ran to her confessor, and she confessed to him the situation, the abuse that was going on. And uh, she even said that she wanted to offer her life in exchange for the conversion of Manuel Mora and to save her mother from this abuse. Well, uh, she was able to join the Children of Mary on 8th December 1901, even at a young age. But in 1903, Laura became severely ill and had to return to her mother. And then, um, in a drunken rage, Manuel Mora began to to beat and abuse young Laura, one to the point where she was unconscious. Now, she did revive, but she was so bad off that she got sick, and eight days later, she passed from both the disease and the abuse. It was after that she died on January 22nd, 1904, that her mother, uh, Mercedes, discovered that young Laura had offered her life in exchange for hers. And so she left Manuel Mora and she returned to the church. She would be uh, canonized or rather beatified by Pope St. John Paul II. Blessed Laura Vacuna, pray for us. And the gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Jesus went up the mountain and summoned those whom he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve whom he also named apostles, that they might be with him, and he might send them forth to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, whom he named Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he named Boanangers, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Did you guys notice that every time Jesus needs to make a big decision, he always prays, he always goes off to pray. Uh, you, You know, someplace quiet, someplace with solitude, someplace by himself, up a mountain or you know, uh, someplace uh, away from everything. And he spends the night in prayer, in communion with God the Father. It is a powerful, powerful realization of what it means to to draw ever so more closer into the most sacred heart. I know in my family, for us, especially anytime some major decision had to be made, we would often and still do pray, especially novenas. So we will extend that prayer time out nine days and ask the Lord to send us signaling graces so that we have some uh, assurance as to the direction that he's calling us to. Or we'll go to Holy Adoration and spend time before the Blessed Sacrament asking the Lord to send us, um, send us his will to, to help us to understand 
and to know. And then we see Jesus doing that repeatedly throughout the Gospels. Of course, he calls the Twelve. This is the big decision he's making. He's drawing these Twelve men out. He's consecrating them, setting them apart uh, to become apostles, to preach to the world. The Twelve is very significant. Of course, we see the Twelve tribes in the Old Testament, the sons of Jacob, right? You can go to the book of Revelation, and you can see the Twelve foundations upon which the New Jerusalem that comes down from heaven, the Bride of Christ, is built on Twelve foundations. And, uh, of course, what about the twelve priests that were set up on twelve pillars in Exodus 24 when Moses had them offer a sacrifice there, and he took the blood from their twelve sacrifices and mixed it all together and sprinkled it on the people and on the altar of God, thus uh, creating a covenant with God where we all share the same blood. This is the very moment Jesus references in the upper room in Luke's gospel, as a matter of fact, when he consecrates his twelve as priests of the new covenant, and he sends them out to uh, to hear and confess sins, to provide the Holy Sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist, etc., etc. So 12 is a very significant number. The last point I want to make before I turn it over was that in every list, no matter what gospel you read, when it lists the apostles, Simon, Peter, the rock, is always number one. Without fail, no matter the gospel, it is always number one. The last on every list, no matter what, is always Judas the Iscariot who betrayed Jesus. The names in between can be mixed up from gospel to gospel, but number one and number 12 are always the same every time. Adrian? Absolutely. I think the uh, one thing that's important to know, or two things, and I'm going to do it rapid fire because we're going off to break in two minutes. Um, The two things that I thought were interesting was, one, Judas Iscariot is one of the apostles in which he could uh, heal sicknesses and cast out devils. So even Judas himself, the, uh, the, (laughs) the one who betrayed our Lord, he himself was also casting out demons. So I would also be aware just that, to keep that in mind whenever you see uh, like great people doing great miracle, miraculous things. This, these are not signs of predestination. These are not signs that you are guaranteed heaven because you are able to preach, convert sinners, these kind of things. Uh, the second point I wanted to make was on the, the sons of thunder, uh, James and John. So James is mentioned first because he's older, and uh, they're called the sons of thunder because they were going to bring the word uh, far and wide, coming as if thunder and lightning, like the word spoken by our Lord uh, in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with God, uh, so on and so forth. So these are the important things, and James would be the first apostle to be killed, uh, to be martyred for the faith because of his great preaching and great zeal. Amen. So, Emily? There you go. When I look at the, this list of apostles, these were our first bishops, and they were very flawed men. I just think of all the stories throughout Scripture where they failed and, you know, let Christ down, didn't stay up with him when they should have. So we need to pray for our bishops. But going back to the very beginning, you know, these 12 apostles were flawed men, and yet Jesus chose them, and he accomplished great things through them. So Amen. Yeah, pray praise for our God. bishops. All right, we are going to go to a break. And when we come back, it is time for our Catholic Trivia Game Show, Fear and Trembling, where prizes are involved, and you don't even need to know the answers to the questions. You could win the prize. We're going to draw the winner out today. Today is the day. If you want to get three chances in on that prize, call right now, 877. 877- 757-9424-877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. 
But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show that allows you to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. And I was going to say, if you could tell me where I got that, you'll get a chance, but somebody already took me up Sophia on that. Sophia on Instagram yesterday. Yeah, praise God for it. that. So uh, thank you, Sophia, for, for catching that. All right, so today is the big day where we have to pull a winner out of the coffee cup of divine providence. But before we do, we give another contestant three more chances to get in on that action. So I have the three questions in my hand. But if you're just joining the show and you're like, what is all of this insanity? Well, Welcome to the show, number one. We're glad you're here. <laughs> but number two, this is a chance where we secretly, so don't tell anybody, this is a secret hidden agenda here. We want to teach the faith a little bit so you learn something about your faith that you probably didn't know before. You get a nice opportunity to chuckle or have a little laugh about it in the process and prizes are involved. So here's the kicker. I do not ask the contestant the questions. Mm -mm. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian, and the two of them have conspired together to try to fool you. So you got to figure out who's right, who's wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make the decision who is right, who is wrong. They'll decide Emily or Adrian, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. Perfect. This week's sponsor is His Glory Company. They are a Catholic apparel company, so they make all kinds of cool t-shirts and sweatshirts, everything from baby onesies, 
um, to any stickers, anything you can imagine. So His Glory Company, you can find them on Instagram at His Glory Co. or their website is hisglory.storenvy.com. And this week they're giving away their Sacred Heart of Jesus t-shirt, super cool t-shirt. So it's be super fun to wear it to youth ministry or uh Anywhere you want to evangelize without having to say a word. Praise be to God. We've, we've really enjoyed having sponsors for the prizes on the show. It's really meant a lot to us. So we thank you to our sponsor for this week and helping us to make the game show a lot of fun and super cool. All right, let's go to the phones. Anna calling in from Plano, Texas this morning. Good morning to you, Anna. Good morning to y'all. Praise God. It's good to have you on. Thank you for being a part of our program. Well, thank you for letting me be. Now, Anna, where, where do you go to church? Ah, I'm new to the area, so I'm actually looking. In fact, I just started listening to this station, so I'm kind of trying to find. I normally went to traditional Latin, so I was hoping to find something. Well, there's Modern Day. I know there's a Modern Day. It's out in Dallas-Fort Worth, right? The FSSP Parish is out in Modern Day, which is like halfway between Dallas and Fort Worth. So uh, that's oh, okay. that's one option there. But Anna, we're glad that you're on the program today. Have you? Uh, are you familiar with the rules of the game? Do you understand how it's all how it all works? No, sir. Actually, I was up late. Well, all <laughs> no night. Worries, so no worries. I just kind of tuned in. <laughs> well, we're glad you tuned in. So here's how it works. I have three questions, three trivia questions, but I won't ask you these questions. I'll ask Adrian and Emily, our teammates here. One of them will have a correct answer. The other will not. The other will be wrong. You will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do you want to trust. Is it Emily? Is it Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the cup for the prize. So three chances, three opportunities. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. Here we go, Emily. You're up first, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Emily, how many corporal works of mercy are there? Uh, corporal works of mercy? Yes. Cor- that's a thing of our church, by the way. It's a, it's part of our <laughs> patrimony of the faith. We believe in them. Is yes. it the same as the spiritual works of mercy? Uh, I don't know. I I'm going to say no. I I'm think go there's say like no. 10. You think 10 is your answer? Yes. So you think there are 10 corporal works of mercy? I think so. Could be. Could be. Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, uh, can you tell me how many corporal works of mercy are there? How many corporal works of mercy? So I, I, I learned this in middle school. My... Uh, I remember my theology teacher in middle school would tell us, uh, feed, give drink, clothe, shelter, visit, visit, bury. And so that's how I remembered it. So it's seven. So it's seven. How does that go? It's, <laughs> feed, give drink, clothe, shelter, visit, visit, bury. <laughs> and that's how I memorized it. That's cute. <laughs> I was going to say it's a corporate work of mercy that I don't make you list them, but you've, you've done that anyway. All right. So your answer is seven? Seven. All right. Adrian is on the hook for seven. Emily is on the hook for, what'd you say, ten? Ten. Uh, yes. So Emily's for ten. Adrian's for seven. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Anna, what say you? I'm going with Adrian because I had thought seven as well. All right. So let's see. Survey says... Congratulations. Well done. Well done. You weren't fooled at all by Emily's shenanigans on that one. So congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence, and uh, you have a chance. Let's get to see if you get two more chances here. Let's see how it all works. Adrian, we're going to go with you this time. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you sure? Okay. Here we go. Adrian, name the two kinds of punishment 
due to the commission of sin. The two kinds of punishment due to the commission of sin. Um, I'm going to go with painful and um, and forgivable. That's what I'm going the, with. So the two kinds of punishment uh, due to the commission of sin you think are painful and forgivable. Yep, that's what I'm going with. Okay, let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you name the two kinds of punishment due to the commission of sin? Yeah, so the two kinds of punishment are temporal and the other one is eternal. Temporal and eternal. So yes. Emily is on the hook for temporal and eternal. And Adrian is on the hook for forgivable and painful. Painful. Said. That's exactly right. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's who's confused? That could be another one. Who's right? Who's wrong? Emily or Adrian? Anna, what say you? I'm going to go with Emily. Survey says? Yes. Congratulations. There you go. Anna, two you for are two not so far. fooled by any of this. I love it. Anna Praise knows God. what's up. <laughs> uh, so two chances, Anna. How do you feel about that? Oh, pretty good. The first one was Lord's number, and the second one I was thinking more on the lines of venial and mortal sin. Ah, oh. well, painful and forgivable probably didn't shake you too much. Uh, Adrian's going to work on his wrong answers, I think, from here on out. All right, two for two. All right, two for two. Third time's a charm here. Uh, let's see. Uh, third question. We're back to Emily. Emily, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Emily, anger is considered a sin against Against which commandment? Anger is considered a sin against which commandment? Um, so it's not officially, technically, one of the uh, Ten Commandments, but uh, it, it goes against the Fifth Commandment. Your, your answer is the Fifth Commandment? Yes. Okay, let's just see what it, Adrian has to say about all of this. Adrian, anger is considered a sin against which commandment? Hmm, that's, that's tough. Um... Anger is a sin against, let's say, uh, I'm going to go with third commandment. The third commandment, or maybe the fourth commandment. I'm going to go with the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment is, because uh, that's honor your father and mother, right? So, uh, so you- Five is thou that shall not kill. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm going to go with... Uh, Honor your father and mother. Are you trying to say you're angry at your parents, Adrian? I am not saying that, but I'm also not not saying that. Do we have to have a conversation about uh, your relationship with your your parents? My dad is probably listening, so maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Adrian is on the hook for the fourth commandment, you said? Yes, sir. And Emily is on the hook for the fifth commandment. 15 seconds on the clock. Last opportunity. Anna, what say you? Who's right? Who's wrong? Now, do you have to go with either one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could choose a different answer, whether it'll be right. That's a different ballgame. So Emily is on the hook for number five. Adrian is on the hook for number four. Anna, what say you? I was thinking more of thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, but I guess I will go with um, Emily. Survey says perfect. That is correct. 
Yeah, that, that's wow. Could, that was tricky, and I could see where you might be going there, Anna. But the uh, the answer to the question, at least according to the trivia card in front of me, is the fifth commandment. Yeah, the reason for that is the fifth commandment is thou shall not kill. And whenever you're angry at your brother, because our Lord said if you have anger with your brother, then you have already murdered him in your heart. Ooh. So, and that's the reason. All right, congratulations, Anna. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence for three times now, Emily. Uh, so hold on, Anna. Don't go anywhere. But Emily, I need. I need you to get her into the cup for okay. three occasions. Okay. I need you to shake it up really good so we can make it as fair as possible. And then I need you to pull out a name. And you got about, uh, how long do we have left in our segment uh, here? We have just under two minutes. So just under All two right. minutes. Now, Anna, how do you feel about your chances here? Three chances for the prize pack. I don't know. I hope it's a big cup. I'm 5'4". <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the way, the, the sponsor of our Coffee Cup of Divine Prov- Providence is the Fullness of Truth Catholic Evangelization oh, yeah. Ministries, by the way. I, haven't, I don't think I've ever mentioned that. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, the habit to be our mug. So. Yeah, that is the coffee cup of our mug, our uh, coffee cup there. So okay. at, at any rate, all right, so we're going to pull out a winner. We'll announce it live right now. We need a drum roll. Do we have a drum roll? Oh, I had one. I, just, I don't have it right now. Yeah, we need a, like a, uh, we have an one official minute. drum Are you ready there, Emily? Do we yes. have a name? Yes. And the winner is? The winner is Audrey. Our caller from this week, Audrey. Audrey, congratulations. Well, Anna, you tried. Praise God, you tried. You gave it your best. You did a perfect score, but in fact, Audrey is the winner this week. So we're sorry about that, Anna. Thank you so much for playing, Anna. Well, thank you. Y'all made my morning. So, <laughs> And I guess I shall continue increasing um, him and decreasing on myself. Amen. Amen. You made our morning, Praise Anna. God. Thank you. God bless you, Anna. Have thank a great you. day. God love you. Yeah, and con- congratulations, Anna, for winning this week's a fear and trembling game show. Emily will be in touch to get you the prize pack. And to everybody else, God love you. Uh, we're going to go to the Holy Mass here in just about a moment or two. But the Catholic Drive Time team will stay on the live video feeds on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And if you have a comment, a question about anything in the program today, we'd love to know what it is or just tell us where you're from. Comment wherever you're watching. If you can jump on the Facebook stream, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. If you want to watch us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash GRN online or on Twitter, Catholic Drive Time. Find us there. Comment there. Let us know where you're from. Let us give, it, give us your comment. We'll read that live in our after show coming up right now. God love Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. All right, welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we uh, where we get a little bit more casual as far as the conversation goes. It's less formal. There's uh, n- no parts to to fail to play at the appropriate times, or you know. So oh, but we have some stuff to play. We have we do. Yes, we do. What do we have to play, Emily? <laughs> uh, oh no, we have something from from the breaking news that we wanted to put in, but we just weren't able to. Uh, I, I came in him. this morning playing sea shanties, which have we, been. 
copyright infringement. We can't play those on TikTok. No, we're not gonna. We can't play sea shanty copyrighted materials. Thank you. You can play the first five what if seconds. We give of it. credit. <laughs> All right, just just to give the audience a taste of what we're referring to, you can play a few seconds. Once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down below my belly boys blow. Before the lawyers call us, before the lawyers, they turn to the cease and desist. <laughs> Letters start flying off the shelves. Uh, my kids actually like uh, Irish Irish folk music. Actually, uh, it's a lot of fun in our place. Um, all right, so on the show today, uh, GRN Alive after show. We, uh, so have we decided? Is it official? Is it, it going to be called the after show? Is that first order of business? I it think seems I've asked like it. three times now this week, and we haven't come up with an answer. Uh, so is nobody in favor of Park and Ride? I thought that I was... liked Park and Ride. Yeah. It's, it goes Adrian with the is theme. Re- refusing to comment. I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm a uh I'm like a uh humbug for this one. I just I just like after show. I like, like very casual. It's set it's obvious what it means, you know. I that, thought Patty's idea at. was the car chase chaser? The car chaser. Chase? That's fun. The chaser, <laughs> the chaser to the show. But that is like a drinking reference, doesn't it? Yeah, that's also why I thought it's it was awkward. funny. <laughs> it's a little pa- Patty. We can do car, uh, we love car you, chase. But the chaser thing is awkward. Car chase. Also weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought park and ride was weird because I don't know about you, but in Chicago we call it a kiss and ride. What? Yeah. What is wrong? What is wrong? Because when you drop someone off, like at the airport or something, you give them a kiss before they go. You don't kiss your coworkers. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of weird, man. That is not cool, yo. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, anyway, after show, I think it's probably where we're going to land here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, there's uh, been a few comments that have come in on oh, various so platforms. You want to start reading them for us, Adrian? Yes, absolutely. So on uh, Station of the Cross, we have someone, uh, Denise, commented New Hampshire. She's from New Hampshire. So hey, praise be to God. I lived there for 10 years. Praise God. Wow. That's where I became Catholic. On YouTube, we had Monica tell us good morning at the beginning of the first hour. Uh, Ricky has been on for a while. We've been going back and forth on uh, on on YouTube right now, and he said uh, that he loves the show, so we love that. Uh, Myra on YouTube also said, good morning. You guys are awesome. Love the show. Uh, we so. love you, Myra. <laughs> and on Facebook, we have uh, plenty. Chris is always there uh, saying, uh, said good morning at the top of the show of the second hour. He said, good morning, brothers and sisters. So we have Chris on it with us as well. And of course, Patty was on Facebook all the first hour. So thank you all for uh, being on. And uh Feel free to comment on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash the station of the cross if you comment there or on facebook.com forward slash uh, GRN online or on YouTube on our GR, GRN online Facebook uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, amen. I see uh, Estella and Lori also hanging out with us. Over. Estella, that's my grandma. grandma. Hey, Grandma. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, over on the Catholic Drive Time Facebook page. And Denise, I just want to say, I became Catholic in New Hampshire. I entered the church in the, at the Easter Vigil of 1999 there at the cathedral in Manchester. And we also were married there as well in uh, September of 2000. Lived in New Hampshire for 10 years. That's where we started our family. Um, beautiful. And, you know, my wife's family still lives up there. It's a beautiful part of the world. So well, thanks for being a part of our program today. Praise God for that. Uh, what else? Any other comments anywhere? Uh, well, there's plenty of comments on uh, on YouTube. Me and Ricky were going back and forth. One notable thing was he mentioned, uh, talked about John F. Kennedy. He's like, well, we had a Catholic president before who most people don't bring up that he was a womanizer and flawed as well. Oh, big time. And mm-hmm. uh, my response, I would say, uh, Lord, preserve me from a sudden death. 
uh, give me time to repent and receive the sacraments because absolutely yeah. we're all sinners. And, you know, the scariest idea that I can think of is having a sudden death, being shot in the head, being assassinated. Exactly. That's terrifying to me because yeah. I want time to be able to go to confession because I, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Some people are further away than others, but, you know, God, but by the grace of God, go I, right? Yeah. Amen. amen. You know, and there's a, there's a real sense of charity here. Um, just for that very purpose, we want people to get to heaven. What is God's design? What is his will? What is his intention? That all come to a knowledge of salvation. Uh, it is uh, St. Paul has asked us to pray for everyone, to include even the emperor who would persecute him. Um, it is an opportunity we have as Catholics to pray for those that we would disagree with, to pray for those that would even persecute us. This is what Jesus calls us to, to love our enemies in Matthew chapter 5 on the Sermon of the Mount. And so when we see um, Catholics who uh, who uh, have really just sold the faith down the, uh, down the river, so to speak, especially on the non-negotiable issues, well, it's a sense of charity that we desire for their reversion of heart in this matter, uh, a sense of charity that we desire that they will, uh, that they will uh, sort of change their mind, their thinking, and especially if they have any effect in politics and policy in the nation. It is a strong desire that they will come to um, the right knowledge and, and have the value, the dignity of the human person foremost in the heart. This was the words of Archbishop Jose Gomez in his letter that we read yesterday. It was a powerful letter. I was so glad that he wrote, wrote that. And he did so very charitably, for sure. Um, there's no animus in our heart. There's no malice uh, towards uh, President Joe Biden. Rather, it's a sense of charity for his sake. You know, and again, you've, you just brought that out about JFK, right? And how uh, did he have a chance to repent of any of his sins? I mean, he was a, um, a very a well-known, the this, this Secret Service agents, in fact, were helping him to hide things from Jackie Kennedy, who knew what was up. I mean, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't a dummy. She knew what was up, but they were trying to shuffle things around so that she wouldn't walk into certain situations. And they assisted in the process of making sure that that would be the case. Um, that is a tragic, a tragic situation uh, for him. If he did not have the opportunity to repent at the last moment, no, we wouldn't wish that on anyone. Absolutely. No one. So uh, it is a sense of charity that we must, as Catholics, speak out as Archbishop Jose Gomez has done. On a separate note, uh, Denise on Facebook.com forward slash the Station of the Cross uh, said, this is her first time listening to us. So thank you very much, Denise, Hello, for being on. Our friend Denise. How are yeah, you? Praise God. Um, today on the program, we had Monsignor Charles Pope. Uh, great guy, pastor uh, at Holy, uh, is it St. Cyprian uh, there in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, Monsignor and frequent contributor to the National Catholic Register. What do you guys think about his conversation today? Oh, that was awesome. I loved it. So he was, good. yeah, he was awesome. And what people didn't see, uh, which was my favorite part about the interview, was the fact that when we went off air during the break, he would constantly make fun of Joe. So that that was <laughs> yes. uh, that was easily my favorite, my the best interview the we've best. ever had. Wow. Uh, on it was Catholic that good for you, huh? You mm-hmm. you really enjoyed that part, eh? Absolutely, it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. very, oh, it was very, very funny priest. So it wasn't just entertaining; it was very entertaining. <laughs> That he was making fun of me. A good I, and holy priest making fun of me. No, I'm teasing. He, he did make fun of me. So what I was do, what, every time we go to break, I always take the heads, headphones that we wear, and I put them on, I just rotate them up on, on my head. 
And he was uh, he thought that was hilarious, he was and he started him. he started mimicking me. It was funny. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, wish, but I wish we had did a screenshot. That would have been better. <laughs> we should have done that. Yeah, but I love oh. that he can keep his joy and sense yeah. of humor even while talking about these really difficult topics. Uh, that's a sign of holiness, I think. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, G.K. Chesterton said the reason why angels can fly is because they can take themselves lightly. <laughs> love that mm-hmm. I would love to know dear listener if you're still hanging out with us on any one of our live video feeds if you'd let us know comment wherever that is and uh, let us know where you're from and uh, in, we'd love to see where our listeners are from all over the world now we've been posting I've been trying to post in other places as I've said earlier this week to Gab but Gab still as far as I can tell is not functioning properly so I don't know it's hard yeah, to tell. Yeah, it's, it's hard. But, you know, we're doing our best. And hopefully these sites, just like Parlor and Gab, will be uh, improving as, you know, mass amounts of people are moving there. So, what about, Have we done anything on MeWe yet? No. We have an account, but I'm not sure what's going on. There. I don't think nobody's doing anything there. It's a lot of work to keep I up with all these. I have also been posting over on Gloria TV, and it has gotten some trash, traction there this week. Uh, so that's been nice to see. A couple of people have been commenting and liking and such on our posts over there. And, of course, the SP3RN, which seems like a pretty um, it's safe space. It's a Catholic social media site, SP3RN. I need to spell it correctly. That would help. SP3RN. But it also doesn't seem like there's a tremendous amount of traffic there. No, so. not yet. But uh, one of the cool things about it, though, which I'm hoping to get the uh, the creator on of the show in a couple weeks, but he um, he named it after St. Maximilian Kolbe's radio station in Poland. And so that was the the call sign, like us in Houston, it's KSHJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, Maximilian Kolbe in Poland, his was SP3RN. And so that was his call sign, and that's what he named it after. <clears throat> Love it. Um, so one of the things I wanted to mention for next week, so we already have guests lined up for next week. On Monday, we're going to talk with Michael Lofton, and it's going to be about obedience. Where's the line in obedience? Uh, for instance, His Holiness Pope Francis has asked, basically said, uh, you know, everybody should get the, the vaccine, for instance. And I get his intention is, is good. I mean, he didn't have an evil intention in that. Uh, but at the same time, we've seen, in fact, there are many reports, there's, there are people dying from getting the vaccines. <clears throat> and there's been many reports that have come out. You can't, you don't always find them on the mainstream media, but you do find them in other news outlets, credible outlets too. Uh, and we've seen tremendous amounts of adverse reactions to vaccines with people who have allergic reactions to them. So I don't think everybody should be getting this vaccine. In fact, I think there should be some caution and pause to figure out whether or not you're going to be in a category that could be harmed. So, uh, you know, there, so this begs the question, where's the line? You know, for Catholics to remain obedient and to be in a good, good to be remaining good standing, to be faithful, and yet at the same time, there are in fact things where we should be, you know, say, well, we don't, you know, I appreciate that, Your Holiness, but I think we're going to pause, we're going to take a look, we're going to make sure, you know, we want to be prudent about this. We don't want to rush headlong into into this and just everybody get it, and then who knows what will happen. So that's just one example, and we'll have that conversation with Michael Lofton. Now, you picked, you booked Michael Lofton. Why did you book him for this? Yes, I, uh, I really like Michael Lofton. He's um, a PhD candidate at, at, I believe, Christendom College. Or, mm, I actually, I'm not going to say because I don't remember what his 
where he's uh, well, getting we'll his PhD him. from. But he got his master's in Christendom um, from Christendom College, and he runs a show on YouTube called Reason in Theology. And I really love this show because what they do is they have debates, roundtables, and lectures on various Catholic topics. Um, and it's really interesting because he has Greek Orthodox on his show. He has uh, Protestants on his show, Muslims, Jews, and so on and so forth to bring him on to have debates, have roundtable discussions. He even has atheists on his roundtable discussions. And so they'll have um, Stump the Apologist nights where they just have open lines and people call in and they just ask them uh, questions in regards to like anything, whether it's Muslim, Jewish, atheist, uh, Catholic, because he have all those people on line with them and they and then they filled the calls to that uh, so it's a great channel full of tons of information but the reason why i wanted michael lofton on specifically was because he's getting his phd he's writing his dissertation on levels of authority of the magisterium which mm. is a very heady idea but it's very important in a practical sense because right now we're in such an age of confusion where we have letters coming out left and right we have bishops saying one thing and then other bishops contradicting them and then the pope saying something that's different from all everyone else and uh, it's nothing but confusion. So how do we sift through this? Uh, what which one? Which things do we uh, must we be obedient to, and how obedient must we be to them? Uh, and so that's the question I had. Um, and so I thought Michael Lofton would be a great person to have on to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. And then on Tuesday we're going to be interviewing Thomas Spence, who is a publisher, uh, and and he has been the guy who's taken up. The uh, the book that Senator Josh Hawley is going to be putting out. So uh, uh, Ragnery Publishing is the publishing house. Thomas Spence is the publisher. So he's going to be our guest on Tuesday. And the reason why we're going to talk to him is because we want to have a conversation about freedom of speech. Um, you might recall that after the January 6th incident uh, on the Capitol Hill, uh, Simon and Schuster decided to drop Senator Hawley as a uh, in his book, and they wanted to censor him, right? So Thomas Spence picked him up. We'll have a conversation with him about why he did that, why it matters for freedom of speech. I mean, the, this is one of the points that uh, Monsignor Charles Pope co- commented on today, you know, in one of his five hard truths of 2020 and the five more. You know, the censorship, the wanting to uh, cancel to uh, totally delete anybody who opposes you politically, to erase their voice from the public square. That is an insane notion, right? In the, in, a, in the marketplace of ideas where you can actually have dialogue back and forth, uh, that is gone. Now it's vitriol, now it's, it's, uh, it's debate, it's not dialogue, it's arguing, it's canceling. And deleting your opponents, completely destroying them. That is the order of the day, and that is a dangerous place for our country. And Thomas Spence is going to be our guest on Tuesday to have that conversation uh, about the why he picked up the Senator Josh Hawley book. And we may, we're not going to get him on for Tuesday, but we may have Senator Hawley on in the future. I really enjoyed watching him grill Zuckerberg in those videos a couple of months ago, a month or whatever ago. On Wednesday next week, we'll have a conversation with uh, Hector Molina. Hector is an international Catholic speaker, an evangelist, 
Uh, he does a lot of Bible study like content on his live video feed on YouTube, on Facebook rather. So we're going to have a conversation ab- with him about diving into the faith, especially now given the light of our day and an age. You know, the uh, the anxiety sort of building and bubbling. We'll have a conversation with him about that. And then, of course, on Thursday, you've got Duncan Stroik on. Now, who is Duncan Stroik, and what are we going to talk about? So, if anybody was um, listening to our show the week before Christmas. Uh, then when Emily was gone, my friend Leah Moreau, she was on the show uh, to guest for us, uh, guest co-host, and her uh, now fiance's father is uh, Duncan Stroik, who is a architect who builds uh, and renovates uh, churches. So he gets these old churches that were built in the 70s, and he makes them uh, beautiful. He's, uh, so there, there's a lot of before and after pictures that you can see of what they look like before, and he turns them into like a classical architecture. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but now he was on the committee for uh, Donald Trump's uh, committee for classical architecture uh, for government buildings. So he was working with the committee to create and uh, advocate for uh, classical architecture in the U.S. government. Uh, so we're going to have him on to talk about that. We're having him on to talk about renovating churches, and we're going to have him on to talk about what he thinks because uh, apparently he's concerned that with the Biden administration, they're going to not be able to go through with a lot of their uh, plans to uh, beautify um, the architecture of government buildings. So those are the topics wow. that we want to talk to him about. Wow, that ought to be interesting. Friday still remains open. We'll see how the news breaks to decide who we'll have on for, for next Friday. Um, you know, today we started the show off with a technical failure. <laughs> you know, when you start a new show, it, you, you struggle through the first 100 episodes. Um, it's the shows that survive 100 that really last. <laughs> so we're trying to get there. I don't even know what episode we're on, but we're probably on, what, uh, 30 yeah, that sounds 40. about right. We've been on about but two months and about five episodes a week, so something around 30-ish. <laughs> we just rebuilt the uh, production computer. So we have to restart our clock. So now it's this is episode two. Episode, <laughs> we're back to square one here. So the the instant we're, we went to start the program in the first hour, uh, the computer crashed and the, the, the show failed to start. So that was fun. It was, you know, but that happens all the time. There's always technical glitches. In fact, speaking of glitches, one of the glitches we've had is the glitches on the the video. Uh, we've just, we've we've been struggling, Adrian and I, trying to troubleshoot what's causing that. And I promise you, I I, I promise you, I believe wholeheartedly. I, where's my tinfoil hat? I need a tinfoil hat. I I believe Adrian is doing the glitching on purpose because it matches the video in the entry, the like the intro video that he produced that has all those glitches effects in it. I think he keeps that effect, that motif throughout the entire show. Uh, No matter how much I, no matter how much I try to fix them, Adrian ensures. I believe he ensures that they remain there. Uh, permanently. Well, the show is just about over. We're going off in about one minute. But in that minute, I'm going to say, one, we almost had no glitching today in the show. And two, <laughs> we, uh, we uh, also, I just want to say the uh, the problem that we had that I think is we'll fix it, I had said from the beginning. Just want to point that out. Just Oh, sure, Mr. I, I told you so. I didn't say that, All right. uh, but I did. The other question we might uh, address is, should the after show go to the full, to the top of the hour, uh, for at least four days out of the week. That's another question, because we have another show coming in the near future that we want to prepare for, which is why we're doing a 20-minute after show versus a 30, but we'll have to conversate about that 
some other time. We were, we really appreciate you being a part of the Catholic Drive Time family anywhere you are in the world, and we're grateful that you do it. Please like, sh- share, subscribe. Those are very important things to us. Download our mobile app, whether it's the Station of the Cross, whether it's Squirrel Radio Network, wherever you're listening. Stay in touch. Stay connected because censorship is a real thing, but we're very grateful to you. We hope and pray that you have a great weekend. We're going to be praying for your intentions. We hope you'll pray for ours as well. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. On behalf of Emily, Adrian, and myself, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Watch NFL games live all season long with YouTube TV. Grammarly does more than catch errors. With Grammarly, you can... Just like 